Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Yes, that's right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. So we've got live chat coming. The question is, would you take eight and four? Would you take eight and four? That's the question. But also, let's talk about this first, actually. Before I get into anything else, uh, the uh, the Grove Collective Fundraiser Day um, was shocking. And I mean in a good way. Like, almost approaching $2 million. So what is it? Over $1.7 million. Now, with all fundraisers, everything that comes with fundraisers, we do the Palmer Home Radiothon at, at, at Super Talk, and of course we have uh, some known pre-planned donations that are coming to help, you know, inspire people to, to give as well. And, and almost had that as well. So it wasn't $1.7 million of just organic, like, random fan giving $100. But that doesn't matter. That's splitting hairs. It The fact that in one day, the, the Grove Collective was able to raise almost $2 million is shocking. And again, I mean that complimentary. I am surprised at that number, but I shouldn't be. So that kind of thing on the surface, by the way, uh, a lot of people take notice of that. It was covered in the, uh, there is a kind of like a, a media vertical in college sports that like covers NIL, whether it be lawsuits or legal stuff or also collectives. And, uh, and that was covered. And so people like in the media paid attention to it. But I promise you that stands out to players. Like I, I promise you that. People involved in recruiting notice that as well. And and when you have more money that allows you to continue to get guys like the five-star defensive lineman that we talked about the other day in Cam Franklin. But something that that I've noticed with Ole Miss fans during the NIL era is how willing Ole Miss fans are, how accepting of this new era that they are. And... I mean, I really don't. Now, it's anecdotal because I don't talk to every Ole Miss fan out there, but every Ole Miss fan that I have interacted with, whether it be on the radio show or or friends in life or, or social media or whatever, Ole Miss fans are united in we need to get money to pay the players. And not every fan base is like that. Trust me, I also see and interact with and read the boards and all that stuff of another SEC fan base located in in the state of Mississippi, and it is not the same tone. Now, it's getting better. John Cohen initially did not help Mississippi State with that at all. and In fact, he there's very few ADs that could have been worse in the new era than him. I mean, the the first collective that they started was a baseball-focused only one. I'm not kidding. Uh, So Zach Selman is doing a better job at Mississippi State at being – proactive in that in the collective and Charlie Winfield does a good job there and and you know good things are happening at Mississippi State I know you guys don't care about that 
But they were set back from the jump. However, I have noticed anecdotally that, and they're not alone in that, that there are other fan bases around college sports that are less forward thinking when it comes to this is what it takes to win. Everybody needs to be on board or else you're screwed. And, and that's obviously a very, very good thing. As you know, Ole Miss doesn't have the biggest fan base in the SEC. Not anywhere close. Ole Miss doesn't have the richest fan base in the SEC. Not anywhere close. And despite the impressiveness of, of the giving day, or, or whatever they called it, and, and despite the, the organization and the structure of the collective being very impressive, you don't have the most money in the SEC either. I mean, you never and ever are big words um, and... and I know you shouldn't say those things. However, I'm pretty comfortable saying that you'll never have the money that Texas A&M has at all. However, having a fan base that is clearly all in lockstep in the importance of NIL and the the town now is involved in that, um, it matters and people notice and your coach notices, uh, coaches notice. Lane Kiffin was as animated. I watched his interview on, on that live stream they did was as animated and in praise that I have ever seen him since he's taken over at Ole Miss. And and I don't think that's manufactured. I think he's actually kind of taken aback by the response that the fan base has given him. Not everybody feels that way. Not everybody thinks that players need to get paid in the same way that Ole Miss fans do. So long story short, um, fan base mentality, I think, is important for a lot of things and when it comes to NIL which is the most important thing now the Ole Miss fan base appears to be in lockstep with each other on no this doesn't suck this is how the playing field can be leveled to some degree get on board or else you are contributing to being left behind and that dynamic is not shared everywhere Uh, it's it's a really good thing I guess is, a again, a six-minute way of telling you that what happened the other day surprised me because of the volume of money, but it shouldn't have because of the way the administration at Ole Miss, all the way up to the top of the university, Keith Carter and everybody that works there, and then the, the coaches and now fans have approached NIL. If there's dissenting Ole Miss fans, I haven't interacted with them. If there are Ole Miss fans that think that this shouldn't be this way, I have not interacted with them. I'm sure there are some, but by and large, it's different. And because of that, recruiting is picking up. The ability to recruit, if you guys catch my drift there, is picking up, clearly. And there's a lot of positive forward momentum with your program, and a lot of that can come down to the collective, how it's being run, and how the fan base feels about it. Donations to it were celebrated. I mean, openly, just like, hell yeah, this is what I did, and you should too. And, and that wouldn't happen everywhere. Not as much, anyway. So, impressive day. Almost $2 million raised in a day for the NIL Collective is it's impressive, because I promise you that doesn't happen everywhere. So, uh, good day. That was impressive. I'm Michael Borky again, by the way. Please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And if you're listening to this podcast on the website, pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. 
Also, the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website. If you're in the market for office technology and you and your business are located anywhere, anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, uh, check them out. Again, absms.com. They've got you covered. Anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, phone systems. If it's tech, if it's in the office and your business needs it, absms.com. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. Podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi. And uh, I was just in one this morning before I recorded this podcast. I, uh, I had to go take care of something at the bank. They were not only helpful, but they remembered me. And I was in and out in like five minutes for a pretty complex uh, bank deal. And it worked. And it worked well because I was at Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. All right, here it is, the live chat from last night, the live chat, and the, the theme was, would you take eight and four? There's a good bit of state fans in there last night, so you're going to hear some state conversation, but uh, that's okay. Would you take eight and four? Here's the live chat from uh, from Tuesday night. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. Answer the question, uh, the one I was thinking about earlier. I'm posing it to you now. It's very, very simple. Would you... Right now, today, still take, and still, I'll explain the word still here in a second. Would you still take eight and four if I offered it to you? Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans alike, I want to hear from you both. Would you still take eight and four if I offered it to you? Forgive me. I'm coughing a little bit tonight. I'm okay. But anyway, um, you remember me. Don't forget, 11 and one is the first message I see. That's, you know, hey, you said it. I won't forget it. But my name is Michael Borky. Please subscribe. You can see my name right there. I got to create a better graphic package than this one. But my name is still on it. Michael Borky, please uh, subscribe, like the video, all that good stuff. If you're listening in podcast form, I appreciate you being here and hanging out. So I was thinking earlier today, uh, got kind of a kick out of something. Uh, because it is optimism season. It is peak optimism season Right now, we're still a week and a half away from the season. I know week zero is this weekend, but you guys get my point. We're a week and a half away from the season, and every fan base is on cloud nine, right? At least that's what it feels like. Everything that's coming out of camp is good. Have you guys anywhere at all seen a bad camp practice report? Have you guys seen one anywhere? The only one I can think of is Utah with the quarterback situation, letting the quarterbacks be live in a scrimmage and getting your presumed starter for the Florida game of Cam Rising can't play hurt and sent to the hospital. Other than that, have you seen or heard a a camp practice report that is anything other than very optimistic? And I do especially get a kick out of the closed scrimmages. Like the practice stuff that people get to watch, at least you get some context, but... Uh, so state recently had a close scrimmage and uh, of course the offense was going to be better than it was the last closed scrimmage that you got anything that that is coming out of a controlled closed practice this this applies to all programs around the country if nobody can see it what comes out of it is going to be spin and that doesn't mean State had a bad scrimmage or whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. We have, we just – what is allowed to leave a closed scrimmage or practice, and this applies to everybody, is largely 
spin. Now there are there are people that at times have connections that can find out some real info, and that's few and far between. It's mostly just kind of positive spin. So we are in the middle of optimism season at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, at Auburn, everywhere. Everybody's all just pumped up. And that reminded me of a conversation that we had a while ago. At least I think we had it here. I know we did it on the radio show. And it was expectations. And an eight-win season would have been, for, for both fan bases basically, satisfactory for sure. Um, but now that camp has gone through and school has started and they're kind of in game week even though it's not game week, would you still take that record today? Because I think the overwhelming majority of you, almost all of you, every fan I've interacted with three months ago, absolutely give me eight wins right now, 100%. Mike Leach tragically passes away. Zach Arnett's a first-year head coach. My God, if we can win eight games, boom, I'm in. On the other side, got to go to freaking Georgia, got to go to Tuscaloosa. The schedule is really, really tough. New defense, a lot of new pieces there. Yeah, I'll take eight for sure. Has that changed? That is the prompt tonight. We've got another 30, 45 minutes or so uh, together tonight. So again, I appreciate you guys and we will just get, uh, we'll get it going on, uh, on the live. And also I saw the, uh, the details of the Florida documentary that I guess just got released today and it's utterly pointless. Apparently, uh, this is according to Jim Weber, who is a, uh, film and TV producer and he watched the documentary and said, just off of the top of his head from those Florida teams, this is what was left out. Any mention of Aaron Hernandez besides one mention of Tim Tebow taking blame for a bar fight in 2007. Nothing is mentioned about the Pouncey Twins. Nothing is mentioned about Cam Newton's stolen laptop. Nothing is mentioned about Percy Harvin attacking the wide receiver coach. Nothing is mentioned about Carlos Dunlap getting arrested before the SEC championship game. Nothing is mentioned about Urban Meyer's wife calling 911 and him going to the hospital with chest pains. Nothing is mentioned in the 2010 season, including Urban Meyer's confrontation with Jeremy Fowler and Chris Rainey allegedly threatening to kill uh, his significant other. None of that, apparently, is mentioned in the documentary. That was enough for me to not even hit play. I'm good. I'm not going to watch it. So, anyway... We'll get to your messages now and uh, just read them until I've got to go. Kobe, a state fan, says 8-4 and four is a good record for state and Ole Miss. And, you know, you got to throw an Egg Bowl win in there, right? Don't you? I mean, if it's 8-4 and four with an Egg Bowl loss, then that's a little less uh, appealing, I think, right? If, if it's eight wins and you win the last one, that might, um, might change some things. Another one, if Ole Miss goes 8-4 this season, along with an Egg Bowl win, I'd be pretty much satisfied. However, if we go 9-3, and three, I'd be very proud of Ole Miss. Tim's just saying, hey, hey, Tim, glad to see you. 8-4 and four would be, quote, fine. It just really depends on how it looks. This is uh, coming from Edward, an Ole Miss fan. I do think look is important uh, for, for a lot of reasons. I think it's important for, for Pete Golding and that defense to show progress. If anybody's expecting them to be perfect right away, I think that's crazy. You guys know how I feel about Pete Golding. It's, I, 
I think very strongly that Ole Miss is going to play really good defense and recruit really, really well under Pete Golding. It might just not happen right away. You know what I mean? It might not. It just might not happen right away. But yeah, if, if they progress and let's say they're close in Athens and it, depending on what those other three losses are, um, yeah, it would be it would be fine. Uh, I think you're investing a little bit more than that to, to go eight and four with the second year quarterback and things like that. But that would still continue forward progress and forward momentum as a program if with this schedule you win um, eight games before a bowl game. Tim just says Ole Miss nine and three. That That is kind of a sentiment that I think is growing among the Ole Miss fans that interact with. They, 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 that eight and four is moving to nine and three after a few weeks of camp. So do I think that Ole Miss is getting uniforms or was that a nonsensical assumption from the fan base? I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea uh, what the real tree mashup is going to be. I don't think it's crazy to, to talk uniforms. I mean, they already did a helmet. So, so if they did a helmet, then the next logical step would be to do a uniform. So no, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's nonsense at all. I, I have no idea what it is, but no, that's not, that's not crazy. That's not crazy at all. You think State going 8-4 and four would be a huge win for Arnett in year one considering the turnover? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm sensing a lot of optimism from State fans because it is August 22nd and college football fans have a lot of optimism uh, right now, as with everybody. But, yes, if State can match last year's record, I mean, if they can go 8-4 and four, um, with all of the turnover and all of the new and, and getting over – a loss like that and, and having a first year head coach. Um, yeah. If I, if I was a state fan, I would take that running. I mean, absolutely. You, if you give Zach Arnett eight wins right now, my God, you take, you take those eight and you take off, man. Um, there's just so much turnover and so much new that if, if they can manage all of that and look, the schedule's not easy. I, I don't know where this state has an easy schedule thing came from. I know they have eight home games as opposed to seven. I understand that. And certainly that does help. But that you're still in the SEC West. And honestly, going to South Carolina is a game that people are just kind of putting a W next to. And I just don't agree with putting a W next to South Carolina and Williams-Brice. I just cannot agree. Ask Tennessee what that's like. Um, last year's Tennessee team was a historic Tennessee team and they went to Williams Bryce and got smoked. Uh, so I think too many people are kind of putting a W next to the South Carolina game. Uh, that that's tough going there on the road. And I do think Kentucky will be better, but you, but you do get that at home, but you still have to play LSU and Alabama and, and Arkansas and, and you have to go to Fayetteville. You have to go to college station. Um, just because there's eight home games, and Georgia's not on the schedule anymore, does not mean it's not difficult. It, it is very difficult for a first-year coach to navigate. Luckily, there's a bunch of old men on that team uh, that, that can kind of help them through that. But I don't think it's as easy as some people are making it out to be. There's no such thing as an easy schedule in the SEC West. Uh, the closest thing you can get to that is Georgia's. Georgia's got kind of a cakewalk. But th- they're still in Knoxville, you know? I mean, it's even Georgia, who has the easiest schedule in the league, still has to go to Tennessee. Why not 10-2 for Ole Miss? Um, I think the schedule is too difficult, but if you drew a path there, you can 
you can get there. But yeah, that would mean they would have to beat Al- one of Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, and and literally not lose another game. Can't lose to Arkansas. Can't lose to Texas A and M. Can't lose on the road at Mississippi State. Um, schedule's tough. If you guaranteed me eight and four for Ole Miss, and then said I could roll the dice between six and six up to ten and two, I think I'd gamble on it because eight and four is just fine, like you said. Ole Miss is favored in nine of their twelve games this year, at least right now. LSU, Bama, and Georgia are the three, of course. Uh, didn't I see where um, Ole Miss was a slight favorite in one of those way too early odds against LSU? Did I see that somewhere? I swear I saw that somewhere. I'm not even using the internet. I don't know why it went down. This is old computer. Sorry if, if it's getting grainy on you. Did anyone report about Ole Miss's practice today? I, I don't know or, or think it was open. I, I don't think it was open uh, today. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think so. I think they've kind of shut that down at this point. It would absolutely take an 8-4 and four record for State as it stands right now. I have no idea, but I can absolutely see it go bad, very, very bad, if things are slow coming together. First month is brutal. Th- there is a chance that that does go poorly. There is. There's also a chance that it goes smoothly and, and really well, uh, a lot thanks to the veteran presence of the team. But I hear you. If Ole Miss's result equals the number of coaches, Lane Kiffin has a bigger salary or less salary, it would be eight and four. How about that? How about that? If Ole Miss is seven and two going to Georgia and drama flares up again and it goes eight and four with another Egg Bowl loss, that would be disastrous. Yeah, that's something I've talked about before, I think, with you guys. Uh, is November is something that I'm paying close attention to, and not just because of uh, like the results on the football field. I, I am paying close attention to Howell because it's going to happen. His name is going to come up for other jobs. It, it, it gets clicks. One, a big job in college football is going to come open and somebody's going to put Lane Kiffin on a hot list. It's going to happen. You can guarantee it. It is going to happen. It will happen. Uh, how does he handle it? That is something that I'm paying close attention to. You call me doom and gloom? No, I'm I'm not. I think I'm just tr- trying to be as realistic as I can. The Florida documentary is a joke. I'm not watching it. After seeing that, I'm not watching it. It's just it's a waste of time. I'm not going to sit down and, and spend time on an Urban Meyer puff piece. Yeah, no shot. Tuscaloosa is only tough because the team is good at the game when they're average. The stadium outside of the size ain't that great. I share in that observation, but still going on the road in front of 100,000 people uh, is still not easy at all. Um, and yes, obviously, it's a very, very good team that you're playing on the road there. That that will be a huge, huge game. Go ahead and mark that down for 2.30 on CBS, by the way. You think State starts the season 2-3, and three, losing to Alabama, South Carolina, and LSU? So eight and four would take a huge turnaround. That's why you have them to six or seven wins. Just need to see them play, and that you know that's usually how it works, right? Is is these you reserve the right on these predictions to change them as you you learn new information, which means basically just watching the team play. 
But there's a, a a very real scenario in which they do start the season two and three. There is. It's uh, there are too many people that are glossing over that South Carolina game. Too many, and I, I'm going to be a um, I'm going to be a broken record tonight. I'm just going to keep repeating myself. But yeah, there are too many people that are just looking at that as well, easy to just simply simply do not agree with the idea that that is just an easy W, especially after playing LSU. So the Florida documentary is like a documentary on a political figure. I don't watch those, so I would have no idea what those are like. I've never... I've never watched a documentary about a political figure, I don't think. A modern political figure. Now, if you're going to give me something on, like, George Washington, yeah, maybe. But even then, I don't think I've done it. Matter of fact, the more you think about that first month, you're thinking eight wins should automatically get Arnett a substantial raise, all things considered. That might be miraculous. You think Ole Miss needs to have a minimum of eight wins to and not get blown out to keep momentum? Also beat the teams like State, Arkansas, Auburn, etc. That's fair. That's fair. Get a really good break with where you are on Auburn's schedule, having to be in Baton Rouge the week before. If Leach were still here with more continuity, you'd have stayed eight and four. Yeah, I, you know, Haydad said on the show last week or two weeks ago, and I agree with him that if if Leach were still there, State would be ranked going into the season. Coming off of the season they had with the bowl win, returning what they return, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's the case. You've heard there's a holdup on the uniforms, particularly the helmets. Yeah, there there was an issue with them last year. I just I don't think the league wants to get into the business of selling uniforms. I don't think they want advertisers to to buy uniform space. I don't think that's the case yet. All three of states toss up are on the road. It's an interesting schedule dynamic. South Carolina, Arkansas, Auburn, and AM all on the road. You think State beats Kentucky and one of Auburn or Arkansas on the road back to back? That's awesome, man. Good luck. You're thinking about joining the National Guard to get on their scholarship program and go to college. That's awesome. I mean, I know people that have done that and and it changed their life and and they're set up. In so many ways, if you are inspired to do that, go do it. It'll be hard. It'll be hard, but it'll be worth it. You say, Neil McCready, believe it was said something like this a few weeks ago that stuck out to you. Ole Miss hasn't beaten all of Arkansas, Auburn, A&M, and State since the conference expanded in 2012. What was it? Was it was the fifteen team right that beat Alabama, LSU, Mississippi State, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Mississippi State, and did not win the West? Isn't that what it is? Jeez. The, quote, state has an easy schedule thing is people overlooking Arizona, too. Everything else aside, state hasn't swept one of these Power 5 home and homes in a long, as long as you've been alive. 
Ole Miss is like 34% to LSU in the FPI, I guess. Yeah, I don't know where I saw that. I don't know where I saw that. Lane finally has a loaded tight end room this year. Uh, yes, very much so. Now, I don't know what you can expect out of Hudson Wolf, if we're being honest. And, and frankly, I don't know what you can expect out of uh, out of Michael Trigg, if, uh, if we're being honest. I, I don't know if uh, you can really – I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see if, if he has shaped up or not. But, yeah, it appears that there's depth there. They've recruited well there. Uh, Priest Corn is, uh, is an NFL guy. And and the tight end just changes so much about that offense. I mean, Kenny Yoboa, with all direct to Yoboa, I think he's still with the Jets, right? Not an elite tight end. I mean, he really – I mean, he, he was good, like athletic, could catch the ball, didn't block particularly well uh, at all. But still, like it's not like he was special at, at tight end. And look at what his existence did to that offense. It's the same thing here. Pre-scoring, apparently, again, everybody loves him, NFL guy. He's a transfer that joined the team in January and is already on, like, the leadership council or whatever. So that's that's a big deal. I say or whatever. That was dismissive. I didn't mean to be. That is a good sign. Um, But he doesn't have to be special either. Just has to be serviceable to make that offense go. Now, if he's special, think about what that could lead to. You don't know who is talking about this easy MSU schedule. I've I've seen and heard from some state fans that think that it is an easy schedule. Considering bowls, if that matters, not next year. Next year they don't matter. This year they still kind of do. A successful season would be the Cotton Peach or Orange Bowl. Arizona game is going to get weird, but you think state wins? Me too, but I do think it'll get weird. Prediction, if the LSU game is during the day for Ole Miss, they will win. If it's at night, they will lose. That's interesting. It was very interesting. Um, I We spend so much time on the radio show just, you know, fantasizing. Is that the right word? That's a weird word to say to people on, on the internet. Um, <laughs> fantasizing over the schedule. That's, uh, forgive me. Uh, but we do. We spend a lot of time looking at schedules, and it's this game. It's the Auburn game that I am most looking forward to with uh, with Ole Miss this season. It's Auburn. Uh, no doubt in my mind it is Auburn. Frankly, I keep going back to the South Carolina game for State. It's The, the South Carolina game is one that I'm fascinated by. That's a really important game for both of those teams if they're going to match what the preseason – or match what fans expect – their results to be. That game has to be a win for both of them. Florida really interests you if it's going bad for Napier. And, and how about this dynamic? So Jaden Rashada was just named the starter today at Arizona State. So even though it's not Billy Napier's fault, Billy Napier didn't run the collective that offered him $13 million that they didn't have. Like, that's not Napier's fault. But what happens if Mertz stinks and Rashada's really good a, a, as a freshman? He would if he won that job at Arizona State. He was going to win that job at Florida too. Now, now imagine being a Florida fan, sitting back and watching this unfold, and you get poor quarterback play. And, and Arizona State has this freshman that's lighting the world on fire, who was supposed to go to your school if your collective didn't bungle it. And it's not Napier's fault, but he's now going to be judged 
based on the the success of Jaden Rashada at Arizona State because he was yeah at Florida and left because of a bad business deal. That's college football today, everybody. That right there. That Arizona State has their starting quarterback because of a bad business deal at Florida. I think it's interesting. A lot of people don't like it. But you think Ole Miss is good enough to win 10, but you just don't see it. Nine would be the optimistic view. There's a path there, but yeah, man. I mean, just having to go to Tuscaloosa, having to go to Athens just sets you back uh, so much. I wouldn't be surprised if they did beat one of Alabama or LSU, though. They'll drop something disappointing somewhere, and you just keep saying it's going to be Auburn. Do you, you know Hugh Freeze is going to have that game, as I've told you guys a thousand times, circled, underlined. But but luckily for you, Auburn is in Baton Rouge that week, and you're off. And by the way, I think I've told you guys before, if you're planning a wedding this fall, um, October 14th, if you're if you're here in this state, October 14th is the day to do it. Now, that's a big weekend, though. That's Auburn, LSU, Arkansas is in Tuscaloosa, South Carolina's in Gainesville. So, you know, there's stuff there. Like, that's a hell of a weekend. But if you're in this state, no Ole Miss, no Mississippi State, and Southern Miss plays like on that Tuesday or something. So if you're going to do the wedding, that's the one. You've just got a bad feeling about that Auburn game? Yeah, you know, it, it would be very Hugh Freeze to go to Cal in week two and lose and then turn around and like, you know, beat Texas A&M and Ole Miss a few weeks later. That, that would be very Hugh Freeze. Back to state, that's exactly what you think. Absolutely nothing against anyone with a pulse should be glossed over with, with as much unknown turnover and just new stuff as this team has had to deal with. 15-team only lost to Florida and Arkansas in conference. Yeah, so they beat Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Auburn. And they did not go to the SEC championship game. Didn't go to the SEC championship game doing that. I'm bringing back bad memories. Forgive me for that. You expect State to beat Arizona too, but if they're sloppy, all bets are off. That uh, Delora kid is not the same deer in the headlights as he was last year. No, he, he was good at the end of last year. He's a good athlete. As, uh, as well. If Ole Miss gets that 2021 type improvement on defense without injuries, destroying them, nine is on the table. You think they're the third best team in the West? As of now, offense should be more dynamic, especially because the aforementioned uh, tight end. Tyler Jordan did say for the Kiffin sneakers that they had to let Nike be the name brand on it, so you think they would at least this early on or at least this early in their uniform creation era, be willing to give up space for Nike. Oh, yeah, but I think it's more about other people, right? I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a Nike thing. Isn't it a league thing? Can't the SEC? I don't know. I, I know they've, they've had to deal with stuff to get the helmet and things uh, ready. It, I, I don't know if I was Greg Sankey, I would want, my teams selling their jerseys. And what I mean by that is ad spots on the jerseys. Maybe you can't do anything about that. I don't know. I just, I don't know if I would. And again, look, I, I like the, the uniform concept. I think it's a really cool idea to have the white with the, the real tree 
in there and, and all that with the powder real tree pattern and all that. I, I get it. I, I like it. I like that idea. But if you're Sankey, like, do you really want Yellowwood being plastered all over the Auburn jerseys? You know, I, I don't know if I would want that. They do it in the NBA and I don't like it. I'm glad the NFL hasn't gone down that road yet, but I won't be surprised when they do in the near future. Damn fourth and twenty-five! You were at that game. Oh, man, that was uh, that was a, a special way to lose a football game in the worst denotation of special. Tickets for me and your wife for a wedding present from your brother-in-law. What a jerk that guy is! Right? Jeez. Uh, you would love to see a hypothetical game between 2000 and 2015 Ole Miss. Ooh, that would be a good one. I think 2015 Ole Miss would win that game, I think. If State loses to Arizona, don't think they will. They will be 1-4 going into their first October game. I don't think they will either. If I want to drive Haydad crazy on the big show, pull up State's history in these series like Arizona and ask him how he can be sure of anything. It's rip Haydad hour right now. That's not what I did it, but here we are. You think Haydad is drinking the Kool-Aid too much, just assuming comfortable wins over Arizona, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Kentucky, etc. I think Kentucky is so, 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 so boring, and yet they're going to be good. I mean, Kentucky's going to go into the Florida game at home, by the way, 4-0. So, so there's a chance that Kentucky is 5-0 and if they win that Florida game going to Athens. Let's pretend they lose that game. They host Missouri on October 14th. There's a chance that, that Kentucky is 6-1 and going into the bye week before they're hosting Tennessee. And you don't have to stretch to get there either. It's Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron at Vanderbilt, Florida at home at Georgia, Missouri at home before the bye week. Five and one is absolutely there going to Knoxville. Absolutely there going to Knoxville. Ole Miss, even in the Vought, usually loses at night versus LSU and usually wins during the day or late afternoon. I'll have to take your word for it. I have I, I I'll have to think about that to to see. Uh, the fact check on that. It's not, I promise you, though, it's not dependent on time of day. It's it's who's coaching the teams. But you know what I mean. Leach was one close egg bowl loss away from being on a flaming hot seat. That is true. You don't think fans bought into Leach until they won that game? Uh, they, they, there was not into him. They, they loved him. They, they never fully bought into the style of play. That's not a bad thing. It's, it's, you know, different people like different things, different strokes for different folks. There's a reason that Zach Arnett, um, without having coached a game, has sold out season tickets. Joe Moore had never sold out season tickets. Mike Leach didn't either. They've sold more going into this season than at any point in the previous two coaches. And even this didn't happen with Mullen every year. Zach Arnett is selling what state fans buy. And, and that's not that's not a good or a bad thing. It, it's, it's just how it is. It, different fan bases want different things. Hugh Freeze is a perfect, absolutely perfect fit for Auburn. He sells what Auburn fans buy. Lane Kiffin's a really good fit for Ole Miss. Uh, his, his attitude and approach is what Ole Miss fans buy. Zach Arnett's attitude and approach 
And the way he says he wants to run his team is what state fans more likely are going to buy. So it's it's not a knock on them to say that they didn't buy into Leach as much as that they are right now. It's 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 just reality. It doesn't mean anything other than style. I don't think they ever fully bought into the style of play uh, like they are going to with this style of play. Now, winning cures everything, but still. You feel bad for Napier? The boosters virtually sabotaged Mullen over Anthony Richardson, and they'll do it to Napier. Amazing how similar they are to Texas the last decade or so without coaches. Look at the Florida uh, program without – and, you know, you can't take away good things. Well, hey, without this great thing that happened, they're not that good. Well, the great thing did happen. It's not exactly fair, but absent Urban Meyer and absent Steve Spurrier, what is Florida football? Because absent Nick Saban, what is LSU football? The championship winning program. Absent Les Miles, what is LSU football? Championship winning program. So absent Urban Meyer, what is Florida? Not exactly a championship winning program. Muschamp failed. McElwain failed. Mullen failed. Mullen was objectively very good at Mississippi State. He failed at Florida. Why? The, the, these jobs that people think are so great because a previous coach had success, people stop looking at what else happened. We talked about it on Sunday. Texas, Texas A&M. If they're such great jobs, why do they fail so easily? LSU and Ohio State might be the two best jobs in college football. You can throw Alabama there in there as well if you want to. No, nobody misses a beat at those places at least in recent history. You're choosing between wildly different fields after college politics or NFL coaching. Look at you. No, they, they can be similar in some ways. You don't know where the hype on Rodgers came from. I seem to remember guys like Haydad saying State should go to the portal for a quarterback. I said the same thing. He was not good at, uh, at the end of last year, if we're being honest. Wasn't good. Needs to be much better than he was in the back half of, of 2022 if State's going to be anything this, this season. You'd like Mossy Oak sponsoring the state school or the Mississippi schools? Hell, you use Mossy Oak out here. Well, um, I can tell you one thing. Mossy Oak will not be sponsoring the Ole Miss schools. They are the Ole Miss side of that. So, yeah, you're going to have like dueling camo company wars here soon uh, unless Mossy Oak doesn't enter a similar partnership with state because Realtree is all, all in on Ole Miss. All, I mean, they're all in. And, and I don't think Mossy Oak is as all in. Um, so, breaking state added North Alabama to their 2028 schedule. I saw that today. kind of cracked me up. It's like, do we even know what things are going to look like in 28? You think Kentucky upsets Tennessee after the Vols lose to Bama? You think Tennessee goes nine and three, Kentucky eight and four? Okay. I would love, 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 love for Kentucky to go into Knoxville and beat Tennessee a week after Tennessee's like game of the year in Tuscaloosa. Prime for a letdown a week later.
Arnett has had the best offseason for a state coach since what, Mullen? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. He he is pushing all of the right buttons with that fan base right now. Every single button he's pushing, all of the right ones. Just push, 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 push. Um, he's getting the offseason right. It doesn't matter. The, the games are the only thing that matters, but he is absolutely nailing this offseason. No doubt, he's nailing the offseason. Now, people are wondering about recruiting, especially on the defense. Um, but there are there are some things at play that are possibly out of Zach Arnett's control there. Um, but anyway. Georgia also turned into a dynasty, which will screw over any future Florida head coach. Seriously. Jason Mullen did not go to three straight New York six bowls. He only went to one. Oh, you're talking. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're talking about at Florida. Mullen with the three straight New Year's Six Bowls won the East, and they virtually fired him midseason for not playing Anthony Richardson. He was right on that, by the way. He was right on that. You can make a legit argument that Kentucky has the best quarterback in the SEC. People are overlooking Devin Leary, and they should stop doing it. They are, but they shouldn't. That they are. Absolutely overlooking Devin Leary. He was great in 2021, just battled injuries last year. It's still baffling that we will never have Mike Leach in college football anymore. Yeah, it's hard to fathom. And it's hard to fathom. You say Chris Graves got cleared. Now, unless something new has happened, um, Having a jersey number and being on the roster does not mean cleared. So unless something new has happened in the last hour, but if he's at practice and uh, wearing a uniform at practice, that doesn't mean he's eligible. Guys are able to practice even if they haven't been cleared to play this season. So... Again, unless unless something new has happened, practicing does not mean cleared. And I saw that, and people need to be more responsible with how they frame stuff like that. Because, again, being on the roster doesn't mean – it just it does not mean that he's eligible. Now, it, it could. It, it could mean he got cleared. Maybe the waiver did get accepted, in which case that's great. But at practice doesn't mean cleared. Those two things have to be distinguished from each other. And I have not seen anybody report yet. Report. Now, I I know, as you said, there's there's rumor. And if, if he got a waiver from the NCAA, wow, because they are denying everybody. And that would be a, a big, big win. But um, practicing does not mean cleared. So if that's the only thing people are going by, something else has to happen. But that doesn't what I'm saying doesn't mean it's that's not true either. But anyway. You know, Vandy claws to five wins and upsets you freeze to get to six. Clark Lee is doing good in national. He's doing very good. Doing very, very good. I like him a lot. And I like Vanderbilt and I love their over under on the win totals. If you get three, buddy. Is Arnett having a good offseason because the coach before him wasn't fired? You leave for a bigger job. Usually only happens at big schools. No, I, I think he's having a good offseason because 
he's having a good offseason. I don't think it has anything to do with how he came into the job, but I think it's about messaging and in the way he's engaging the fans. He seems to very clearly understand Mississippi State. Um, and is willing to understand Mississippi State and Mississippi State fans and what they want. That that's that's the thing there. I don't think it has anything to do with the, the previous coach and, and what happened there. I think it's all about the the way he's approaching what he's doing and how he talks to the fans and the things that he says and the style that he wants to play. I don't know if his predecessor has really anything to do with it. You think nine and three is the number if Ole Miss is serious about making the playoffs in 24? You think the new branding for state plus the in-state recruiting commitments and Arnett's hard-nosed speeches is what's endearing him to state fans? Absolutely. You're mistaken. It was a report yesterday that he was, quote, likely to be accepted. See, that that that's not – and, you, you know, I'm not I'm – not, talking to you um that's that's not a report a report is he was cleared that that anyway so yeah that offense made a lot of quarterbacks look bad against good defenses always thought it was a circus trick when it works it was glorious when it doesn't it's a disaster yeah but it brought a lot of teams over the over the last two decades. A lot of teams with lesser rosters and lesser personnel and lesser quarterbacks were able to just put up a bunch of numbers and win a lot of football games. Mike Leach was uh, he was an equalizer and an innovator and, and kind of changed college football forever. And yes, State does lose a lot after this year, a whole lot, uh, especially up front on defense and quarterback, obviously. And and I think next year's quarterback at State currently isn't on the roster. So, anyway, I got to run. Thank you guys so much. I'll uh, I'll see you Thursday, Thursday night, and then then it's really football time. We're just we're we're trying to find our way through here. We're we're trying to find our way through, and we're almost just going to be talking about football that we see, that we see, and that we're going to get to see soon. So, thank you guys. Like the video, all that stuff. I'll see you Thursday, eight o'clock. It'll be later on Thursday, but I'll see you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.